0: Welcome back, country roads confidential here at earports.com. Um, I am Mike Casaza welcoming in like year. Wednesday night following a Big 12 road game for West Virginia that did not go the way Bob Huggins hoped or expected. This is Chris Anderson. Chris, have we sat at this desk and had this conversation before?
1: Um, No, because I wasn't here after the Kansas State game, because that's when we would have been having it, because this seems amazingly similar. Uh, It happened in, you know, minus a little bit of the ref show that went on today, but uh, that lights out shooting, the poor defense, the lack of fire, and just a disappointed and downtrodden Bob Huggins in postgame. Pretty similar.
0: Let's start there with Huggins. I think he really likes this team and how far it can go. I think he has questions as to whether or not these players are ready for it or if they really mean what they say. He's kind of hinted at this a couple times, and he always says something to the effect of, if these guys really mean it, if they really want to do what they say they want to do, and he points out that they have all these things written on some board in the film room with all their goals, and he's pretty much saying, this is what they want. This is what they want to do. Let's see if they can do it he really teed up this game by saying, if indeed this is going to happen, then we go and we win at Texas Tech, and we add another notch to our belt. Uh, it didn't happen. You say he's disappointed afterward. I have not heard him yet, but the before and the after sounds like that what came in the middle left a whole lot to be desired for him.
1: Yeah, and he he brought up the exact thing you were talking about there. Said uh, They keep saying they want to win the Big 12 Conference. Well... You know, just like you said, you got to do this. You got to make open shots. You got to defend, step in shots. You got to uh, play with fire on the road. And, and there are going to be teams coming at you that are desperate, and you can't let them out. Want you for it? And he said, "That's that's exactly what happened tonight." And and he brought up that exact thing. Everybody keeps talking about wanting to win the Big Twelve Conference. Well, you got to do these things, and we didn't do them.
0: They are three games out of first place they have one game left against Kansas, two games left against Baylor. It's January 30th. Are they out of it?
1: Yes. I yeah, man, that's tough. The only reason I, I, I my immediate thought is yes, but the fact that they still have two against Baylor, they would have to I think they would have to sweep all three of those games. And even if they did that, they'd still need help. At least multiple, at least a lot, one more loss for Baylor and another loss for Kansas. Maybe two for Kansas, depending on the tiebreaker. So it's a it's pretty much a long shot.
0: Curious is what they have left: um, a game at Baylor, a game at TCU a game at Texas, a game at Oklahoma, a game at Iowa state. A lot of road games left. And we've seen, I don't, I don't want to say bad, but we've seen the worst of West Virginia in road games here in the conference, which will happen. But if they're going to get to, man, what do you think now? 13 wins? No way, no way. Right. It's gotta be like 12, right? Man, you're, you're right. It may be too hard. Um, Because really, what's Baylor going to do? Is Baylor going to go 6-3 and the rest of the way, maybe? Um, Well, you're right. I I thought maybe you were off off your rocker there for a second, but that doesn't (laughs) seem crazy. But again, they're going to have to play some road games against teams that are going to be perhaps desperate, looking for a bid like maybe Texas or Oklahoma, like maybe TCU. What's to say that this can't happen again? What's to say they can't wake up on the wrong side of the bed and have a poor showing in a first half or a second half and just go cold? Um, And that's going to be a hard thing. Do you see common denominators here? Or is it truly um, the same thing happened to them twice and they're just the victim of history repeating itself?
1: Well, I think part of it is Texas Tech's a pretty darn good basketball team. I mean, I know they've lost, uh, was it four of six? But three of those four losses were to teams in the top 15. Um, so I, I, I'm not knocking them as a bad team yet. Uh, but the – God, that, that pick-and-roll defense in – I'll have to go back and watch some of the Kansas State to see if they were pulling similar stuff. This kid, this pick-and-roll defense was was horrendous, and Bob Huggins kind of brought it up earlier in the season. Uh, I can't remember after which game, but he was talking about just the big men in general and mentioned uh, some issues, especially with Oscar and being how he's young and not as knowledgeable about the intricacies of the game and how to properly play defense because when he was in high school, it was just go to the post get behind the guy, block shot. That's it. And now in college, obviously, he has to play pick-and-roll defense. He has to come out to the perimeter. He has to switch. And it, 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 it he wasn't the only culprit today, uh, yeah. but there were a couple instances that you know he, he just kind of got caught in the middle. And, and when you're playing pick-and-roll defense, when you're playing that two-man game, you have to – the keys are commit and communicate. You have to commit to one of the two guys defending one of them because if you are – kind of floating in the middle, you're guarding nobody. So you have to commit to somebody and communicate to your teammate which one you're taking. And he didn't seem to be doing either of them, uh, gave up a couple easy baskets, uh, or the guy got around him and then uh, the rest of the team had to rotate over to help, which left somebody else wide open for a three. And that happened with him. I saw with Logan Route one time where – he went under he went under. That was in the second half. Holyfield kind of floated out to the three point line. And the other Texas Tech player, I forgot who it was now, it was dribbling kind of towards the post and and route went under him for some reason. The guy looked at him like, I don't what are you doing? I, I'm not even screening you and just pitched it out for a wide open three. Um, it was just really poor fundamental defense. And I don't know if that was just a complete and total off night by the, by the West Virginia big men. Or if Texas Tech really schemed up something nice and, and saw something, that could be a problem.
0: How many times do you see Sheway grab a defender's or an offensive player's jersey and pull him and take an intentional foul?
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I thought that was a little tough. Uh, that, that was a soccer move. I think that was his inner soccer player coming out right there. Um, but uh, you, you can't do that. And that again, that's just him You know, learning on the fly being a freshman.
0: Let's start with him for a second. Um, had a really good game the first time, um, including 17 rebounds. The first time these two teams played, Texas Tech does not have size um, and, and can't match up with West Virginia. Somehow Texas Tech out-rebounds West Virginia by 9, 32-23. to Not a lot of missed shots from one side of the floor today, so not a lot of rebounds to be had. West Virginia, very good defensive rebounding team, but allowed, uh, what, 54% shooting. But Shibwe, um I would say a discouraging performance, not long-term, but just because you think he should be able to apply himself to the other team. Four points, one for two, two for two from the line, three rebounds, and played 21 minutes. I didn't even know he played 21 minutes, but did not have it. Looked, looked a little bit off in the very beginning. Got a good look early on and just couldn't get it to go in. And then an intentional foul, a technical foul for saying something that didn't seem too um, technical-worthy. Uh, and just was never a part of this here. Um, Bad day for him, I'm guessing, but how does he keep having on and off switch days?
1: Uh, I think most of the issues for today were just him not understanding that defense. Like I said, the pick and roll, and he was a a flat-out liability, which is not something we've said about him often this year. Um, But I think you have to chalk some. I know he's a freshman. I know he's a five-star All-American, all that but we still have to chalk it up some, somewhat to being so young and and not really understanding um, the the rest of the game because he, he's only been playing for a handful of years, and most of the time that he's played, it's just been go stand next to the basket, we'll throw it there, you dunk it, or if you're on defense, stand there and block it, and that's it. And, and he obviously has to do a lot more now, and he's having a hard time, I, I think, Kind of digesting that, and, and when he has those good games like he did the last time West Virginia played Texas Tech, he hasn't been tasked with doing that. And he was, I don't recall him having to get into a bunch of pick and roll situations where he got ISO'd out on an island, having to play that two man game, um, like he did tonight and got exploited with.
0: Culver is one for three, magically ends up with 16 points. Uh, Osaboyan. Magically ends up with 15 points. Okay, that's a good game for the inside and the front court for a team that loves to use the inside and the front court. Just didn't work. Um, let's just talk defensively here because the offensive numbers are, again, not not wild and unusual for West Virginia. So let's not focus on that. But really unusual. Um, allowed 54% shooting. Uh, I think the number two three-point defense in the country. If not, it's way up there. Allowed 11 of 17, uh, including 7 of 10 in the second half. Um 81 points, five guys in double figures, that's enough to win for West Virginia on most nights. Part of me says, again, a little bit of reality, a little bit of anomaly, but Texas Tech got 89 points and kind of throttled it back a little bit toward the end.
1: Yeah, when West Virginia is getting a couple of those blowout wins like against Texas, I remember we came right on here and I said the thing that stood out to me most was just how amazing their rotations were! That it always felt like, even if someone got by them and someone came to help, no one was ever open because that third and fourth guy off the ball was able to get to it before um, the the offensive player was able to get into a shot. And tonight, that was not there at all. Um, Huggins brought it up in post game. He said, "You know, they had to overhelp, and the rotations that they'd seen recently uh, were not there. Guys were just standing around and staring." And Texas Tech was able to catch the ball on the perimeter, take a step in, into their shot in in rhythm, and shoot it without a hand even in their face. And they obviously shot it extremely well, even, even considering how open they were most of the time. But that was really shocking to me to see West Virginia leave so many guys wide open.
0: West Virginia had five players in double figures, um, which is pretty good. Texas Tech had four, but three with 20, which led me to this. Um, Shannon was a difference maker. He did not play in the first game, and he's like an 11-8 and eight guy when he's going good. Uh, 23 points tonight, 12 at the foul line, had seven rebounds, four assists. He's a six-six guy who can play all over the floor. Uh, Ramsey is, is a very good player. He made five threes. Moretti made four threes. He was nine for nine at the foul line. And whenever West Virginia pushed one of those three, pushed back Um, similar to the Kansas state game. It takes a lot of energy to make up a 24 point deficit, a 15 point deficit, especially on the road. And they got it to six both times and both times never found a shot or a shooter that it was comfortable with. Um, I wrote about this today. Excuse me. I wrote about this on Wednesday. Huggins said that he doesn't know where the points come from and he wish he did. Texas tech knew where to go with the ball. And what struck me was that against Kansas state. And again today, there's just a little bit of a hitch where sometimes do I pass it to him? Well, he's open. Is he a shooter? Well, he's open and you pass it to him. And then the shooter gets it in. Well, what do I do? Am I supposed to shoot here? Am I supposed to pass it? Do I keep moving the ball or whatever? And it's just not a logical thing. If then if he's open, then pass it to him, he'll make the shot. That existed for Texas to Tech tonight. To what detriment is that for West Virginia, even this deep end of the season, where when it's a six-point game, when they need a big shot, I don't know if they have the guy or the shot right now.
1: Yeah, Moretti. It is the type of player God? If if Moretti was on this West Virginia team, they'd be set for the season because he came up with some big plays. Uh, he is doing everything that that you were talking about. West Virginia is looking for that Huggins said he's looking for. Because um, right there when in the second half when West Virginia cut it down to four six, and he just he made a couple free throws, then a big three, then another basket, and next thing you know, it's double digits again. And then him and Ramsey both hitting a couple shots later in the second half when West Virginia kind of made another run. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is something we've been talking about from day one when we were discussing, you know, our eight man rotations, and, and we always were debating who's going to be that third, fourth, and fifth kind of point guard and wing who could make those shots, who could get that offense off the bench, and that, here we are. Uh, about to finish up January, and we still don't have an answer. And I think at this point, I'm not sure they're going to before this year's over.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Introducing the 2-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. It's hard to stop that. I get it. You can't just cover one guy when a team is making a run. Like, listen, they're down by 12. They're down by eight. They're down by six. We better cover this guy. That doesn't exist with West Virginia. That may be a good thing, but, I mean, it was it was just hard to figure out where they're going to get that basket. Where they're going to get that, you know, that type of flow on offense. And I mean, when you play as many people as they do because they play as hard as they do, it's kind of hard to get into a flow. But uh, there were just some weird lineups out there today, including times without Shibway or Culver where it looked pretty good. Um, but then you got to bring guys in and just the I don't know, that continuity wasn't wasn't quite there. Um,
1: Have you looked me? at the minutes yet? Don't don't look if you haven't. OK, for, the, uh, for West no, Virginia.
0: OK, go ahead. Quiz me.
1: OK. Um, can you name me the five players who played the most today?
0: I'm sure for West Virginia. Virginia played, I'm sure Boyan played the most. OK, um, I yeah. would say Bride played a lot
1: he was second most 26 minutes.
0: Uh I was surprised that Sheway Blade 21, but that's a lot. That has to be up there, right?
1: That was number 5. So you're looking for for 3 and 4. Who are your third and fourth most?
0: Haley took a nap for a while. Matthews took a nap in the first half. It's got to be Sherman and Harler then, right?
1: Yeah. I think it that's that's who it is. And and we've seen Harler get some more minutes lately, but Sherman uh you know, there were times there where he was uh he, i don't think he's had a dnp coach's decision yet uh, recently but just a couple minutes here or there two minutes four minutes and, and here he is getting 23 minutes in this game because they're so desperate to find somebody that was the most he's played since northern um colorado and wow. game three
0: and he's been He's been leaning that way. I mean, he's yeah. played better and more confidently. I think he shot at OK today. Actually, let me open up now. 3 of 7, 2 of 4, 3 of 3. So not great. But again, you're looking for points. I think he's more ap- more likely to give you points than McNeil and Harler at this point. Um, and without Napper tonight, due to illness.
1: Are you not- doing air quotes, Michael?
0: I believe 100% that he was ill. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Why would I- you? This is a 25 power basketball game that featured 73 free throws and, I believe, 64 fouls? 54 fouls.
1: 54.
0: Um, four technicals that, honestly, maybe none of them had to be called. Certainly a couple of them didn't, and I kind of think if you're calling four technicals and there's not a fight um, if you're calling for technicals spread out over time, you're not doing something right because you're not taking control of the game. Um, this was choppy. This is also an ESPN Plus broadcast where they pick these games for whatever reason and they want to make it a production that people will fork over $4 a month for a couple months a year to watch. This was hard to watch at times and not because of any of the guys in red or blue or not in any of the people in suits or pullovers. It was because of the black and white stripes um, that it just seemed like it got to be too much at times, and this just kind of echoes because you're in this pay-per-view era now. Um, this just kind of echoes the crisis in officiating. Um, that was not a spectator-friendly event tonight.
1: Now, anybody that follows my Twitter feed knows I was uh, not happy about it. I, I just there was one stretch there, and I laid it out on on Twitter where it was. Uh, foul call, foul shots, missed foul shots, and then on the missed foul shots, another foul call that, for whatever reason, didn't require just a whistle and a hand in the air. It, it required 15 whistles and a little little shimmy, shimmy shake uh, moving out into the court, and then some more foul shots. And then during those foul shots, we had to blow the whistle to wave off a play, to stop a play, to get somebody to get cleaned up, to then call another foul. To lead to a missed shot, to then call a technical foul for someone talking, for Gabe Oseboyan talking back, whatever he said, to whistle 15 times and Doug Sermons to come out and talk and, and not even be summoned over to the TV guys, but to go over on his own accord to let them know that he was calling a technical foul and why. Um It's the ref show is frustrating to watch. It was because I think these are two really good teams and it could have been a really good game. This should have been something. This should have been a game that ESPN plus could have, you know, put out there as a, hey, come pay for us. And instead, all it was was a ref show that was two and a half hours long, like you said, just and just a miserable watch for anybody.
0: Well, think about this seriously, because one of the features of ESPN plus is you can go back this morning and watch the game. It's queued up and it's ready to go. What are we talking about right now? And what are a lot of people going to be talking about? It's a two-and-a-half-hour game. Granted, it'll be consolidated a little bit because of the, the way it's edited and produced, but you're going to have a ton of stoppages, a ton of free throws. You're going to have things that aren't explained. The broadcast team, frankly, left a little bit to be desired as well with explanations and rule awareness. Um, so even that carrot doesn't really exist. Why would you go back and watch this in the morning unless you're a Texas Tech fan? And even then, I think it's going to be trying because – it was it was hard, and which is kind of interesting because the first half was was kind of fun actually. You could see how the game was going to go, and there were I think twenty seven fouls in the first half too. So I guess they're consistent for that, but um, you could tell it was going to be a good game. And what was different, I think, it was that there were just so many fouls and stoppages and free throws in the second half, and it just wasn't continuous at all. And then the technicals were just were just hard to explain. Some of that stuff you can let go. Like I know Culver gets beat up a lot. Colver's the guy who never gets fouls called for him, and a guy bumps into him you know, intentionally, but somewhat harmlessly, and they call it technical. Uh, boy is the nicest guy in the country. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine what he said, but I, I guarantee you it didn't have four letters, Um, and, and that was a technical. Uh Haley, I, I don't know what he said, but it looked like it was one syllable, so I'm not sure how bad that could have been. Osoboyan, I didn't see it, and the reproduction on that wasn't good because it was just him nodding his head, walking up the court. He must have done something, but... uh neither one of those had to be called and then just the continuous whistles really changed who could play and then how the game was played and that's just again what do you do about this now how do you fix it do you even have these conversations i hope the answer is yes
1: yeah uh what Derek culver 16 points and only got to play 17 minutes and, and was struggling just to get to those 17 minutes uh haley 10 points only could play 16 minutes and was playing pretty solid defense when he was out there. It was it was tough going, especially for West Virginia's best players. They would always seem to be in foul trouble.
0: I suspect that you were our friend on the board, Bryson Harvey, will do a feature on Culver's free throw shooting because he was deep knee bending. He had a routine. It looked totally different than it did just four days ago. I had no idea what got into, it, but it looked a lot smoother and a lot more rehearsed, which is not a thing with him, it seems like. But 14 and 16 doesn't lie.
1: Hey, you know who took credit for that? Not me. No. Huh? Bob Huggins in post oh. game. He said, uh, you know, Tony Caridi asked him, said, uh, you know, what's up with the foul shots? 14 to 16 for Culver. And Huggins said, I sat with him for an hour after practice the other day. Wow. And they had he, he admitted that he said he wasn't going to try to change his shot, but worked on getting his form just aligned up and getting lined up properly and getting a routine and getting his alignment right. And then the and everything else took care of itself from there. So there Saturday, you go.
0: Two o'clock, Kansas State. Uh they win tonight at home. Excuse me. They win last night at home. I love how we continue this charade that we're actually not doing this the night of the game. We're doing this in the morning. <laughs> Anyways, they beat Oklahoma, get a home win. They're nine and eleven now. Um a team that knows they can beat West Virginia. And it's coming with a little bit of momentum. Uh right opponent or wrong opponent for the Mountaineers on Saturday.
1: Who um right opponent, I think. Um a little home game action. I, I think that'll help. And revenge. Get home game revenge. Cause I I, I do believe like these two teams, you know, what however you want to phrase it, play, they play 10 times on a neutral court. Whatever. West Virginia, I think, is the better team. And to get that opportunity, to get that revenge, and get it at home in front of a home crowd, uh, it should be a game that West Virginia wins by 20 and feels better. Everybody's back on the bandwagon. And then you got Iowa State a few days later.
0: Which, again, could be the right team or the wrong team to play. Um, We'll see. That's too far away. Uh, One change you would make tonight that wouldn't show up. I'm going to pick the defense and the rotations because I, I do think that was a problem against Kansas state. And that was the time that Huggins really harped on it. Um, and they have, you know, DR can really get going. They'll probably have Mike McGirt back. He killed him at Bramland's Coliseum last year with three. So you figure you start swinging the ball around. You got a guard. You can get inside. You got a shooter. What struck me as weird against Texas tech was West Virginia has a thing where um, when they close out, when they run out on a shooter, they'll try to force him to the baseline and try to force that pass up the baseline of the corner. And, they pick on that all the time, and they just don't allow it, and they shut the floor off. I don't know how many times it happened. It must have been three or four, which isn't a lot, but it is a lot, where they allowed that guy to pass that ball up the baseline. It seemed like every time they did, it was a wide-open three at a big spot, too. But uh, one change for me would just be, like, tighten things up on defense and get out of whatever happens you got into tonight for you.
1: I'd like to see a little better ball movement on offense. Um, the, the stats a little bit skewed just because West Virginia, because of all the foul shots, you cannot get an assist on, on foul shots, but West Virginia only had five assists today. Um, that is the second fewest assists for a WVU team or, or the fewest assists for a WVU team since 1987. Uh, that is a long freaking time in, like I said, the, the free throws might have thrown that off, but even if you take into account the number of field goal attempts West Virginia had, 57, to have that many field goal attempts and that few assists, you still have to go back to 1987 for that to happen. So it, the, the ball movement struggles. McCabe, um, and usually we see McBride kind of get into that offense and, and swing it around a little bit, but he was he seems slow in getting into the offense was dribbling a little more than he's he I'm used to seeing him McCabe was had uh, a quick trigger tonight seven shots in 15 <laughs> minutes I uh not typically you know sometimes he gets a little bit of a harassment from Huggins for how much he dribbles uh, before he passes but he's been a, a good passer for the most part this season uh tonight just just hoisting him up when he was on the court and then with Culver seeing so few minutes and, and he's done pretty well in the post passing it around, Um, you know, just 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 not great ball movement today. Uh, zero assists for even your boy, Gabe, who's been the a uh, pretty good passer from the top of the key, too.
0: That's some strange decisions out of him tonight, too. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I would notice that with, with Sheepway early and McBride when he came in a little bit shaky. That's a tough place to play. I think Bramlage is, too. It kind of gets slept on because that team usually stinks, but that's not a fun place to play. But uh, I haven't been to Texas Tech in a while, and I just watched the crowd shots tonight and again against Kentucky. I never saw student support like there is there now. They're right behind the benches. They're in speedos jumping up and down at free throws. They lock arms and sway back and forth. Uh, I think close to 14,000 people pretty regularly there now, too. That's not a fun place to play. And I think for it sounds like a weird excuse that Huggins does not lean on, but he does invoke every now and then. The first time at these places for these guys, and when it's not friendly and things are different and a crowd is willing you into making mistakes, you have to deal with that and the mistake. It can be difficult and you know, just not quite enough people who have been there and conquered it before. Maybe that's why McCabe takes seven shots to try to liven things up and make things go quick that were slow. But I do think that's a good explanation, not an excuse, but – look at who struggled tonight and who just hasn't had a good time away from home. Um, it's typically been those guys who just haven't been there before too. And um, even Evan Mappy Matt, seemed like he had a bit of a hard time with that tonight too. And not, again, not a great night for him. Let's not throw dirt on that grade quite yet, but just seems like across the board, it's an explanation for things there too. Um, let's wrap this up, Chris, anything more coming up for you that we need to be on the lookout for?
1: I uh, know we still got some more recruiting news coming up. Coaches are out still in full force seeing a lot of um, a lot of 2021, 2022 kids. Uh, there will be some more junior day visitors this weekend so we will have more updates from that. who knows maybe another commitment. Um, and then Wednesday um, week from tonight is signing day. We'll see what happens with West Virginia. I posted on the board. I think there will be a couple of verbal commitments for West Virginia. If guys that have already happened and guys that might happen on signing day, but I'm not entirely certain there will be a new signature on Wednesday. Um, this whole 25 man hard cap guy got to keep, uh, you know, keep, keep a tight leash on things and, and make sure everybody's straightened away with their academics and can enroll and they're the guys you want. So I think we'll see a couple of commitments, but maybe not signatures. And 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 so I'm kind of excited about what might happen Wednesday. Uh, might get a couple surprises for once in a while.
0: We should huddle early next week and do something about this, talk about this and maybe take some questions. And I also have things I want to touch on, too, with naming rights for the Coliseum, which has made people lose their minds. <laughs> and then something sneaky, but something that I think means something to me and maybe to you, too, and I think other people that they don't even know it yet. This Social Plus employee, which is going to be a special embedded reporter with inclusive, all-exclusive, exclusive, exclusive, all-inclusive access to the athletic department that is specifically stated as things that people like Mike and Chris don't get access to. (laughs) I wonder what that'll look like in the future. We've only written about that. We haven't talked about that. I'm sure we can get fired up a little bit about those things. And I'm certain people will get fired up with the Coliseum naming rights, too. So we can uh, make an appointment for early next week. What do you say?
1: That sounds good to me.
0: All right. Let's wrap this one up this time. Uh, We will talk to you next time. I'm Mike Casaza.
1: And I'm Chris Sanderson.
0: See you later.